0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The president bragging about inflation numbers. Everyday needs are still so expensive. 99.9% of the economic migrants, not political asylum seekers. The patterns of spending in Washington need to be changed. We haven't had a single government shutdown during the entire 117th Congress. We're not starting now. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: All right. Welcome in. News and Views for a Friday. Looking forward to a good weekend. Now, this is our last Friday broadcast of the 2022 year. We'll be here next week through Thursday. Uh, Town Hall, as we mentioned yesterday, Tom Tillis's amnesty bill is now considered dead. But the question is, who killed it? According to the Washington Post, Tillis and Kirsten Cinema, Kirsten Sinema, I should say, from Arizona, were negotiating the bill's text late Wednesday night when Mitch McConnell informed the two that he would not allow it to be attached to the end-of-the-year spending omnibus bill, effectively killing it. Uh, now, what's curious about this is this move, I mean, I haven't turned into a Mitch McConnell fan. I mean, he has done much to, uh, in terms of not fighting the Respect for Marriage Act, in terms of allowing the anti-gun package to pass this year, uh, basically not coming out and helping candidates as he should, whether he liked them or not. They were the Republican candidates. He should have done all he could. But uh, here's the most scary thought of all this is apparently Mitch – at least when it comes to immigration, is more conservative than Tom Tillis. Just saying. Speaking of immigration, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, says, Don't worry. We don't need the immigration package because we are hard at work. When asked about the border, Jean-Pierre told reporters, What Americans should know is that the president has done the work to deal with what we're seeing at the border since day one. And you know what? That is a true statement. Here's uh, Jean-Pierre from the White House.
2: But uh, look, we also need Congress to act. It is important uh, that they deliver the resources we requested for the border security and management. Uh, they need to pass the comprehensive immigration reform uh, that we have put forth. On day one, the president put forth a comprehensive uh, reform plan that dealt with protecting uh, for dream- protecting for dreamers, cutting down uh, the asylum uh, the asylum uh, buildup that we have been seeing, uh, especially because of what what the last administration did, and they completely gutted the system. And we know that uh, this has been a, a multi-decade long problem. We need to modernize the system. And this is something that the president has put forth. And we are looking for uh, Congress to act. We are asking Congress to act. But again, uh, we, have, uh, we have done the work from this situation by securing record uh, record funding. And we are asking Congress for Congress to act. Uh, we are not not asking for political stunts. We're asking you to see political stunts from uh, many Republicans out there. And that's not how we're going to fix uh, this issue. They want to uh, they want to uh, secure the border. We've been doing that work on our own. And uh, we ask we're asking them to, hey, you know what? There's an immigration reform plan that the president put out on the first day. They should work with us and do this in a bipartisan way.
1: Here's the question. Has. Corinne Jean Pierre had a chip implanted into her brain. I never in my life, I mean, there's been some good liars in the Democrat Party throughout the years, the decades. She's the poster child. She can come out and, and give these whoppers with a straight face. I mean, kudos to her, but I mean, does she does she have a chip implanted in her brain that makes her say these things? She's talking about the Republican executing political stunts. She says that they inherited a disaster from the previous administration. Uh, No, the disaster is there now, and it gets worse every month that goes by. Uh, Obviously, there has been tremendous pushback on these comments, Steve Guest, special advisor for communications for Ted Cruz, said this is laughable. He's right. It is laughable. He also posted a uh, tweet from uh, Bill Mugen of uh, Fox News, where over a thousand people illegally crossed in El Paso this week. Um, Cliff Bent, a Republican from Oregon, when she said uh, that Biden has secured the border, what, how, where, when, Tommy Piggott response director at the RNC, said Biden on the border last week, there's more important things going on. That's what Biden said, but yet she comes out and says we've secured the border. Um, yeah, it's it, it. this is absolutely laughable. And do they actually think that the more they repeat these lies, that somehow the American people are going to uh, fall into line? I mean, you're going to have to put chips in their brains if they're going to believe it. But, I mean, do they they continue, along with the mainstream media, the legacy media, to gaslight the American people as if the American people can't see what's going on at the border? Now, I, granted, I understand that mainstream media, legacy media, has done very, very little reporting on the border on this issue. How do these people sleep at night? I mean – I, you know, I, I guess you can sear your conscience to the point that you can say these lies, continue to lie about things, which Biden does as well as Jean-Pierre. I mean, he tells us how, you know, oh, there's no inflation there. Inflation, I mean, inflation ticks up 8% and comes down a half of 1%. And he says, oh, we got inflation under control. Uh, by the way, a uh, federal judge has blocked the Biden administration from ending Trump-era Remain in Mexico – The policy requires asylum seekers to be sent to Mexico while they await proceedings in their cases rather than detaining them or releasing them into the interior. Biden has fought to end the policy, officially known as the Migrant Protection Protocol, since he took office. Texas and Missouri took legal action to prevent Biden from ending the policy. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled 5-4 in June that Biden could end the policy and did not violate federal immigration law in trying to rescind it but the supreme court as usually what happens they they don't say this is the law follow it they return the case to the lower courts for additional proceedings tasking u.s judge matthew kismark with determining whether or not the administration action was arbitrary and capricious in violation of the administration procedure act which governs how the federal agencies develop and issue regulations. Kismark ruled that the plaintiff in the case, Texas, met all the requirements for a preliminary injunction to be issued, a likelihood to succeed on the merits of its argument, a likelihood of irreparable harm, a balance of equities tipping in its favor, and the public interest being in its favor. Kismark was appointed by Trump, and uh, basically he has just said no. No. The ruling, by the way, comes as border crossings are surging ahead of Title 42's end next week. However, uh, there is uh, some talk about that being held in place. No final word on that yet, but... uh, Uh, Pray that uh, Title 42 will remain and uh, that this ruling from uh, this Judge Kismark also um, remains in place. Uh, And no doubt there will be appeals. I mean, you have the American Civil Liberties Union wanting to open the borders. (laughs) You know, when you have these – and, you know, you've got El Paso that they just uh, requested. I think it was 10 – 10 million dollars and i think the biden administration is handing it out biden is handing out millions and billions of dollars like it's sand from the beach in other news news and observer is reporting madison cawthorne uh he has got his legal troubles uh it's gotten so bad for him that now his own lawyers are suing him Earlier this year, Cawthorn faced a legal challenge against his re-election to represent North Carolina's 11th congressional district in the U.S. House over allegations that he helped plan the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Cawthorn hired the BOP law firm in Indiana to represent him. Now the law firm is accusing Cawthorn of breach of contract for failing to pay nearly $200,000 in fees. That total does not include interest along with collection fees. The law firm, BOP Law Firm, represented Cawthorne through the course of the lawsuit. It became moot after he lost in the primary to fellow Republican Chuck Edwards, who would succeed Cawthorne on January the 3rd. Quote, along with the litigation in federal court, attorneys at the BOP Law Firm successfully opposed twice the intervention of the challengers, protected his interest in state redistricting proceedings by opposing the appointment of a special master that was counsel for the Interveners and advised the uh, campaign in successfully navigating the change in districts. Uh, this was uh, a statement by James Bob Jr. in the lawsuit. Uh, Cawthorn is his own worst enemy by far, and somehow he has gotten in the back of his mind something that liberals do often. You, you don't usually don't see, you usually see conservatives actually trying to follow the rule of law and meet their obligations. Um, I mean, Cawthorn's got a long list, including, um, remember he told a podcast that, uh, his colleagues in Capitol Hill were participating in orgies and sniffing, uh, snorting cocaine. Uh, he called the Ukrainian president Zelensky a thug, which uh, that, <laughs> well, anyway, he called him a thug. Um, he, uh, photos and videos were released of him, um, goofing off in sexually suggestive ways, uh, some uh, homosexual suggestive ways. Uh, he brought guns to the airport. He brought knives to school property. He was accused of insider trading involving uh, cryptocurrency. Last week, the ethics committee at the House announced it found evidence that Cawthorne violated ethics rules by promoting cryptocurrency Uh, Let's go Brandon. while having a financial interest in the company. He was sanctioned more than $15,000 there. Now, he's not paying his bills. No word as whether he's paid this fine yet. I doubt if he has. But he turns around and buys a $1.16 million house in Florida. Of course, by today's prices, that could be something rather modest. Um, Where's his primary residence? Is he moving to Florida? Is he getting out of Dodge? Cawthorn recently appeared on the Tommy Laren podcast, announced his plans would start. He was going to change and he was going to focus on his family issues, which, by the way, he's going through a divorce. Uh, he was only married for months before they filed for divorce. But eventually he will get back into politics, he said. I've got some friendly advice for you, young man. I find another career. <laughs> I mean, really, you're an embarrassment to the conservative cause you know there are people that think he was great um you know i had some personal interactions with his uh office and uh the guy's just a little arrogant just saying i think his i think his uh, arrogance is probably going to have to uh, recede a little bit after all this happened hey we've got to take a time out lots of more to talk about there's a couple of stories in the national news and in local statewide news that um just not good news for Eastern Carolina. We'll talk about that when we get back.
0: This is your Drive at Five, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: Welcome back in. It is December the 16th, 249 years ago today, 1773, the Boston Tea Party took place. American colonists boarded a British ship, dumped more than 300 chests of tea overboard to protest tea taxes. 71 years ago, the first episode of Dragnet aired, TV show. Now that was on radio before that first TV show episode, 1951, Joe Friday. Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Um, Taking a look at your weather forecast, a passing cloud or two tonight with a low of 34. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, partly cloudy skies, some sunshine, a high of 54. Tomorrow night, a few clouds with a low of 33. Sunday, a high of 48 and uh, mostly sunny skies. Sunday night, cold, low of 26. Um, Looking ahead to Christmas weekend, it is going to be cold. I mean, it is going to be cold for eastern North Carolina The high on Christmas Eve, 34 degrees. Now, we've got rain on Thursday uh, before Christmas, but uh, the temperatures will be in the low 50s. But after that, it takes a nosedive. So you've got a high on Friday of 37, a high on Saturday of 34, Christmas Day a high of 39. Could we see a white Christmas? Mm. Long shot, but you never know. The, the temperatures will be there. Will the precept be there? By the way, speaking of Christmas and getting in the Christmas mood, remember Christmas with the Embers this coming Monday night, December 19th, at Reimage Church. All the proceeds go to help with Operation Santa Claus. And if you would like to get tickets, go to WTIB-FM or stop by our studios on Arlington Boulevard. Uh, we're right behind the old K&W cafeteria. You can pick up your tickets also at Telco Credit Union. Our thanks to our sponsors, the Air Doctor, Hardy's, Fantastic Sam's, Greenville Utilities, Telco Credit Union, Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, GoEco, 264 Shoes and Apparel, Greenville Toyota, Para Electronics, Southern Bank, AmeriHealth, Caritas, North Carolina, and Specialty FDR. Hope to see you there. The Lamprecht clan will be there. Monday night, enjoying Christmas with the Embers. Great Christmas show. get you in the Christmas mood for sure. A couple of stories that are going to affect Eastern North Carolina. One is very, very disappointing. Actually, both of these are disappointing. Uh, Earlier this week, North Carolina lawmakers heard again from officials on hurricane recovery efforts for those who lost their homes due to Hurricane Matthew which was all the way back in 2016, and Hurricane Florence, which was in 2018, most of the legislatures that were at this uh, get-together were ticked. Uh, The consensus narrative from officials in the North Carolina Office of Recovery and Resiliency was they take full responsibility and are working hard on resolving issues as quickly as they can. I, I get so sick of these uh, 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 non-elected and elected officials, for that matter, that say, oh, I take full responsibility. You know, if you're going to take responsibility, that means you are going to do something. What are you personally going to do? If, you, if your action has caused the problem, and I don't mean just stepping up. And uh, I mean, you take full responsibility? Well, then do something. Do something that costs you something if you're going to take full responsibility. Leslie Wise Albritton, Director of Disaster Relief Project Attorneys at Legal Aid NC, testified that 650 residents have asked for help from Legal Aid with issues related to Rebuild North Carolina, a program that falls under the Office of Recovery and Resiliency, created by Roy Cooper, They're working with 178 clients that have seven appeal decisions from the North Carolina Office of Recovery and Resiliency. Eleven are still pending. All Britain said they had received only two award letters since September. That was the last time they had a hearing, with 105 clients still awaiting awards. In other words, they've been sitting – and look, some of these people have been sitting there in this limbo since 2016. We have no idea why the delays have been so lengthy. The longer we wait for decisions, the fewer resources that are out there for our clients. Another issue in the case management services have changed uh, changed hands, I should say. As of December the 13th, North Carolina Office of Recovery and Resiliency has taken over from professional services firm Horn. Due to the end of its contract with the state, All Britain said 75 clients have been assigned new case managers In other words, they're getting nothing done and they're just handing it off from one uh, bureaucracy to the next. Uh, This is total incompetence and malfeasance. Laura Hogshead, director of the North Carolina Office of Recovery and Resiliency, said, as she did in September, that she takes responsibility, but she also admits that's not enough. (laughs) What does that mean? In September, you asked me to take accountability, which I do, she told lawmakers, and you asked me to show progress, and I'm happy to be here today to show you the progress, understanding that it's not enough. It's not enough for anybody who's sitting behind me. It's not anyone who's sitting on the eastern North Carolina side of things. It's not enough for anyone sitting in front of me. A total of 889 out of 4,313 homes have been completed. Now, how many homes do you think in the private sector have been repaired or rebuilt or brand new homes built for the first time since 2016 or 2018? These people have the money. This is federal money that's been given. And somebody up in Raleigh is just sitting on their fat rear end doing nothing about it. She also touted 277 projects that have been awarded to general contractors in the last six months. Lawmakers like Jim Perry, our friend Jim Perry from Lenore County, aren't satisfied either. He asked how many of the 115 families would be in their homes for Christmas like they had discussed in September. Hogshead uh, replied that 18 had returned home. 11 more are scheduled to get home this month and maybe another six by the end of the month. So 115 were supposed to be in there by the end of the month. In reality, there is uh, 18, 29, um, maybe, maybe 35 out of 115. That's, that's the optimistic number. The realistic number are, is probably just the 18 that are already in there. I'm extremely disappointed with that number, Perry said. That's over 80% who aren't home. Other lawmakers stress the same uh, need for a uh, stepping things up. The federal government requires that the state to spend the $778 million by 2025 for Matthew and 2026 for Florence. This is unbelievable. Here's a great example of why you privatize things. Find somebody that is competent, that is in the contractor business, that is well-experienced, not some bureaucrat, but find somebody... That would go ahead and award these projects, see that they're done, see that they're done correctly. Why is this so hard? Because you have incompetent people that are just up there twiddling their their fingers and doing nothing. There are a number of other legislators, lawmakers, who have just said the said the same thing that Jim Perry have said. Director Hogshead, this is unacceptable. Said Brent Jackson of Sampson County, by any stretch of the imagination, this is unacceptable, and I'm not, and I am infuriated. The lack of urgency that has been performed since all this began, and trying to get these people back into their homes at the slow rate that it's been going, is totally unacceptable. I mean, we're not even—it's you know, not a discussion of where we're going to find the money. The money is sitting there, and if the ineptitude continues. I guess the federal government will end up taking the $778 million back, and these people will just be up the creek without a paddle. Can't make it up. we got to take another timeout. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: On Dasher, on Dancer, on President. Prince-
0: What's wrong, Santa? I'm losing touchscreen navigation. Oh, no. If I don't find a charging station, we won't be able to deliver the toys. Rely on
1: our human-powered, and you'll find more time this holiday season.
0: Maybe you shouldn't have replaced Rudolph with a fancy battery-powered EV sleigh. Biden made me buy this Mm -hmm. thing. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny, and this is Eastern Carolina's place to talk. Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: Welcome back in News and Views for a Friday, joined in studio by our friend, State Representative Keith Kidwell. Welcome back in, Keith. Good to have you with us. Good to see you, Tom. You ready me. for Christmas?
0: Are you Are you one of those guys that waits to the last week before you oh, go Oh, no, no. I started doing my Christmas shopping some time ago. All the gifts are in. I just have to wrap them now. I got oh, to take Tom, care of my bride because she looks go. out for me. You better do it. You better do it. Hey, listen, big day
1: tomorrow with the 2022 Washington Warren Air and Drone Show. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be exciting. We're we're actually bringing drone industry into eastern North Carolina, and this is the ribbon cutting, so to speak. We're hoping to be an annual event. Uh, We're going to have a drone aerobatics display in the morning with uh, both fixed-wing drone and quadcopters and all that type of stuff. And then as we get further into the day, there's going to be uh, general aviation aircraft out there couple of stunt pilots and things of that nature going on will the stunt
1: pilots actually be doing stunts oh yes okay we'll have
0: static displays as well as actual uh aerobatic shows uh so that's all going to be great for the family we're also going to have an opportunity for our businesses in the local area to meet the new businesses that are moving into the beaufort the uh, washington warren field in fact uh the first business moved in this week really yep and uh can you tell us who it is it's Accelerate, which okay. is the parent company that's really helping us to get this all off of the ground so they've set up a location here we're dealing with uh, a very large aeronautics firm uh that we're hoping to bring in we were hoping to have the contract signed for tomorrow to make the announcement but it looks like their lawyers are still you know dotting eyes and crossing T's. hey that's what lawyers so do right that's what they do i guess that's why they make all that big money But But, uh, uh,
1: back up and give us the bigger picture about the whole drone industry coming to Eastern North Carolina.
0: So it actually goes back to just exactly a year ago tomorrow that I went to Dare County's uh, first-in-flight celebration. I knew that Dare was going to be in my district at that point. I said, well, let me go start meeting people. Sure. And I went to their their show and ran into the president of Accelivate, and they told me they were looking to uh, put their business in North Carolina at an airport I said, what's that airport need? And they they told me. I said, that's Washington Warren Field that we're getting ready to put $20 million into. So we we got to talking, got them to come down, visit the airfield. They fell in love with it. And we've now gone through the entire litany of state and federal alphabet soup agencies. And every one of them that's come to look at the airfield is excited. Uh, All of the military branches are excited. The the FAA is excited. and, And NOAA, all of those because we've got things that no other airport offers. Uh, preset patterns highways air highways if you will that go to all the military bases and bombing ranges in north carolina we can get from washington north carolina to the atlantic ocean without crossing a highway or even inhabited land Hmm. there's not very many airports that can do that and one of the big things tom we don't flood you don't want to park a 10 million dollar aircraft where it might get wet (laughs) so there are a lot of airports in eastern north carolina that do flood, unfortunately so but we're expanding the entire airport, which was really prior to bringing the drone industry in. We're, we were putting $20 million in there for, for expansion. Uh, we have 20-some-odd aircraft that are looking to house at the Washington Warren Field once we get the hangars built. So we're already doing that. If you come tomorrow, you'll see that's underway. So the shovels are in the ground for Shovels that. are in the ground. Yeah, I don't mess around. so so let's look uh five years ten years
1: down the road and and granted i I know you can't make promises we've we've seen businesses that we thought were going to start up and you know something happens the the whole economy i mean with joe biden's economy who knows what would happen but assuming that everything goes as planned what what does this industry look like in terms of revenue in the area? And and maybe you can't answer some of these questions. Maybe you don't have the answer to them. But in terms of employment, and those kind of things.
0: So we're anticipating within five years and probably somewhat less uh, over two hundred jobs. Wow! In fact, we have one company that we're negotiating with right now. The only thing they want is broadband, and we have a plan to have that in place within the next 120 days to bring in 100 strand of 5g to the airport which means beaufort county gets 5g now there okay you go. so it's it's helping not that, yeah that really is a sidebar benefit exactly the, and this is what we're seeing is the things we're doing at the airport are bleeding into the community yeah, yeah. where they get the benefit of it so we're going to pull that 5g 100 strand in there that's going to do it for the company it's also going to help out eastern north carolina Once we have that, the company has 100 jobs they're going to bring to us. Just that's the first big employment. We envision at least 200 in the next five years, and I think it will go far beyond that. The 10-year window, we're talking about a massive change to the industry in the entire eastern North Carolina. Do
1: you see any of these companies making uh, Washington their headquarters?
0: Don't know if they'll be headquartered, but according to the Federal Aviation Administration, the Washington Warren Airport will be, and I quote, the tip of the spear in drone aviation in the United States. In the United States. In the United States. So, so. you're
1: you're a, a front runner in all. We this. are the front
0: runner. You know we happened. I happened to meet the right people at the right time. Got the right investment from North Carolina at the right airport, and it just all came together. And it's it's going down like dominoes. Well, Keith Kidwell is a
1: worker bee. I mean, he, he, there's no moss growing under this guy's uh, feet. Let me uh, get back to the show then. Let's g- give, give some specifics. What time to start? Uh, do they need to bring you know a uh, uh, packed lunch with them? Is there going to be food trucks? Uh, give us okay. all the details. So we're
0: going to kick off at about 9 a.m. Uh, we're going to have the dignitaries doing speeches and so on. Tickets are actually free at the Washington Warren Airport uh, website, which is flykocw.com. Just click on you want to get some tickets. They are free. You can buy tickets for the reserve seating area. Those are $15. Bring your chairs. There will not be bleachers or chairs there, so if you need to sit down, bring a chair along with you. Uh, Tomorrow, the weather's supposed to be good, so we're anticipating that. We'll start with the speeches and so on. Then we get into the uh, aerobatic shows with the drones. There's going to be uh, food trucks on site. There's going to be other vendors on site that will be people who are going to be key to the success of the project. Uh, companies like Dell and and uh, I don't think Northrop's going to end up being here, but they're they're one of them that we're working with. There, there's going to be Fed data, and I, I can't even remember the whole list. You can see it at the website uh, for the Washington Airport. Uh, it's an all day event, runs till four o'clock. So if you come out, you know, have money for the food truck or or bring your lunch with you, you can certainly do that. There's facilities there for uh, restrooms. We had Jeff's Porta John's uh, drop off over there and put a bunch of those in place for us i I saw him there uh day before yesterday i was out there at a meeting and it's just an all-day event Uh, you can come and go if you'd like you can come in hit the air shows and cut out you know about twelve thirty or so they'll be done but uh it is all day so and matter of fact uh for the parents out there and the young kids santa i hear will be there at about 10 o'clock that's not going to be you is it no 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 we get the real santa we're big time we get the real guy
1: I, you know you'd make a good santa i probably you'd would, make yeah. a great santa well listen also i noticed on the website and i think you mentioned earlier that there'll be networking opportunities uh, go into that a little bit what, what do you mean
0: by that so what we're doing uh part of this whole process is not just bringing the manufacturers and the testing into the area when they contact accelerate which is our our dominant company in the presence of this field they will tell them, Accelerate will tell the company, let's say it's McDonnell Douglas, just as one to throw out there. Uh, and they say, we want to come in for a conference with 200 people. We need motels, restaurants, car rentals. Okay. That's all set up by Accelevate for them and tell them that, you know, OK, these are the agencies you want to use. So it's going to be an opportunity for the folks that own a restaurant right. to become part of. How do I get involved? It's going to be an opportunity for gotcha. for companies that, uh, ma- well, we have a, a manufacturing of aircraft parts in Washington that I had no idea even existed. Uh, it's going to be great for them because they, they sure. came out and looked at it and said, wow, yeah, we can make pieces like this for drones. Wow. You know, and, and the best part, That's I think, great. is that our boat industry, which we're very dominant then, we have 11 boat manufacturers in Beaufort County. The skill set for boat manufacturing crosses right over into drone manufacturing. So it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Our STEM center, Interbank STEM, we know we're going to have to expand that facility. Uh, we just purchased 107 acres of additional land. That's an industrial park associated with the airfield. And I'm working with NCDOT that when they finish the Highway 17 project that we're now expanding that I've been working on, uh, we're going to put an entrance, I'm hoping, directly into the airport Okay. so that we can move the freight in and out. Ingress, egress. Yeah, that'd yep. be great. That'd be great. Well, listen, thanks for uh, doing what you're doing for all of
1: Eastern North Carolina. It does sound like uh, if you're a business owner in uh, you be a- anywhere there. in Eastern North Carolina, yes. you want to be there and shake some hands and hand out
0: business cards. Absolutely. That's the best thing you can do. And the entry is free. There's parking, plenty of parking, plenty of food. You'll have access to everything from politician to business leaders. And, you know, we're, we're going to get this job done. I can tell uh, you that. Well, it sounds like you've hit a home run. Well done, my friend. Listen, have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to the audience. and. We'll be back here, Proctor and I, starting on January 5th for Tax Talk. So we'll see you then. Something that everybody loves, getting ready to do their taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got to take another time out. We'll be right back. <laughs> Ride
1: and shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. I mentioned that there were two stories that are going to affect eastern North Carolina. Fox news has come out with a national story, but it has a big impact on eastern North Carolina. The Biden administration has got a new boating proposal. That would probably be the greatest regulatory overreach of its kind, at least in terms of boating, maybe ever. Um Frank Hugelmeyer describes the proposal by the Biden administration to limit the speed of all motorboats over thirty five feet from Florida to Massachusetts. Not only are they creating a serious safety issue, they're creating a massive negative economic impact. Hugelmeyer is the president of the National Marine Manufacturers Association. The far-reaching regulation would restrict speeds to 10 knots or 11.5 miles per hour for all boats over 35 feet for up to seven months out of the year and up to 100 miles out to sea for most of the East Coast. I mean, isn't that in the international waters at that point? Uh, The purpose, to prevent the boats from hitting an endangered right whale. This from uh, NOAA pointing out that there are only three hundred and fifty whales left in the ocean. However, there have only been five daily whale strikes by boats between thirty-five and sixty-five feet in length over the last fifteen years. It's also dangerous, according to Chris Edmondson, the president of the Boat Owners Association of the United States. Most boats can get on plane or sorry, most boats can't get on plane if they're going under ten knots. The boats are designed to ride on top of the waves. This is going to make them wallow in the waves up and down, side to side. If you've ever tried to go through the channel going out to the ocean in a small boat, uh, you know that you've got to keep the pedal to the metal just to get through the channel. The overreach is going to basically... Halt fishing off the East Coast, said Glenn Hughes, the president of the American Sport Fishing Association. It will keep people from fishing. Instead of getting to the fishing destination in an hour, you are talking about something that's going to take three to four hours both ways. Uh, these day trips won't happen anymore. Pat Healy, who runs Viking Yachts, a third generation boat building company in New England, said boat building is one of the few industries that is still dominated by American companies with American factories all these boat builders, 1,600 boat builders, it's going to wipe them out. Thank you, Joe. Once again, we've got Joe Biden, who just rakes in the money from overseas, influence peddling, peddling and, uh, but yet for the American worker, nah, not so much. Uh, speaking of Biden, President Biden's son, Hunter, under federal investigation for crimes, tax crimes, false sworn statements, et cetera, et cetera, Uh, He's come out with a new art show, and uh, there's an interesting thing that Free Beacon, the Washington Free Beacon, has noted. The self-taught artist, and listen, everybody knows his artwork is just influence peddling, but they're funneling the money in through his artwork. It's a joke. He has art pieces that are selling for tens of thousands of dollars, one untitled work featured a yellow background with flowers listed for $225,000. He had uh, paintings listed for 500000 Last year, he sold five prints, prints, not even originals, for $75,000 to undisclosed buyers. I mean, and the whole bit that the White House doesn't want these buyers to be disclosed, that somehow that's a privacy issue, we know darn well where the money is originating from. China. But put this into perspective. Hunter Biden's paintings are selling for more than some works by Picasso. One piece recently in recent years by Picasso sold for one hundred and eighty eight thousand. He had some ceramic works selling for less than a hundred thousand, including a, a nineteen fifty four picture which sold 3 months ago for 34,000. I mean true collectors items that will go up in value. Uh Vincent van Gogh, he had one painting the Al- alms house man uh raking valued at $150,000. Um uh, Rembrandt uh in 2019 sold for $81,000. Other works by Van Gogh and Rembrandt have sold for over 200 million and 180 million and yet uh there are collector's items that you can get purchased by these artists, originals, selling less than hundred Biden's works. <laughs> you cannot make it up. By the way, uh, in closing, we talked about Donald Trump, his uh, collector item cards, uh, his, um, his big announcement that he came out with uh, yesterday. Oh, he is getting raked over the coals by all kinds of uh, political commentators. I'm talking about conservatives. They're just saying, have you lost your mind? Kinsley Cortez, former Trump campaign, said, I regret to inform you that we are not so back. And hey, we got to run. See you on Monday. Bye-bye, everybody.